0: It's transfer deadline day, and there's been plenty of Anglo Italian business. Boga swapping Bergamo for Leicester, Zaccaria swapping Turin for London, and Ampadu heading straight back to Serie A at Betsia. But the only transfer we care about is not Anglo Italian, but it undoubtedly steals all the headlines. It is, of course, Piontek to Salernitana. <laughs> the gunman is back. Here we go. Siparte. Welcome to the Anglo Italian pod. My name is Rory. And for the first time, all three of us are in a room, kind of, together, (laughs) and I'm joined by Adam and Andy. I'm going to start with Andy. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Been busy, but uh,
1: life is good. And Adam? Adam?
2: yeah no absolutely buzzing to be back on i heard that there was a trio that's going to join us but uh it wasn't a certain hard drive so it's definitely us free so it's all
0: good it's all keeping well so yeah no busy week but glad to be doing the pod it's always it's always the welcome distraction and you know the weekend's close when it's time to record on a thursday right you're like we're nearly exactly. there we are nearly exactly. there but as we're talking, there is chaos going on around us as deadline day is kind of wrapping up. And I'm quickly refreshing Twitter every couple of seconds to see if Arsenal actually do get Douglas Louise, hence the Brazil shirt. Hopefully, it will bring a bit of good luck. But, boys, I wanted to ask you I what transfers... you're representing, Fred. <laughs> you can keep him, you can keep him, that's fine. Can... <laughs> um. But which transfers or which club's business today have kind of caught your eye? Adam, I'm going to start with you. Oh, I think, I mean, it's a hard one, but it seems to be
2: a lot of Serie A recently mm-hmm. in the last few hours. That So it's not particularly one club, but even last night when I saw it, it was like Sergin- Sergino Des being linked with mm-hmm. AC Milan. he's yeah. heard about um, the business at Inter Milan. So it seems like Gosens is potentially going to Leverkusen And then being replaced by Alba from Barcelona, which would be an interesting replacement, um, to say the least. Um, But as you've alluded to, there's been a few moves, especially with the likes of Monza as well. So they Mm -hmm. haven't had a fantastic start to the campaign. So... Yeah, it seems to be like a number of clubs in Italy that seem to be scrambling around for a few late bargains at the moment. Whether Mm -hmm. they are bargains is another question, but yeah, I'm (laughs) sure we'll find out by the end of this evening, right? That
0: could definitely be argued. I think one that's intrigued me, I think Inter endeavor to make each transfer window more confusing than the last Gosens <laughs> I do not know what's happened there I know he hasn't started great but it feels like they've also not given him much of an opportunity no nah. they've they've just confirmed that they brought in a from Lazio I've yeah. never been convinced by that guy um for in, uh, having some very very strange business but mm. as Andy said Sergino Dest arriving at Milan they defensively not the strongest but offensively no. he could be a hell of a signing him and Teo Hernandez as wingbacks that's pretty that's that's pretty promising for Milan this week obviously bought by Redbird as well the same owners as yeah. I want to say Liverpool and the New York Yankees I want to say Correct. Yeah. so we know things are going to be sensible there I feel like there's been some great great business in Serie A bog heading to the Premier League I'm actually pretty excited about He was mm. great at Sassuolo not been great at Atalanta could kill it at Leicester, who definitely need the help, um, I think, at this point. Um, Andy, which club or which transfers have caught your eye?
1: Well, I think in terms of club, I think you've got to look no further than Nottingham Forest. <laughs> um, they've literally done what I do as football manager, and they get like a promoted side, and they've just tried <laughs> to essentially just get every single player uh, available on the market. I mean, they have spent something like 150 odd million quid mm-hmm. on an awful lot of players. I mean, I thought um, Fulham went hardcore a couple of mm. years, but you know, in mm. that mad window, they spent 100 that million, one. got like yeah, yeah. yeah. That Andrew Shirler and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's just absolutely fine I mean, they the biggest, the weirdest one is um, how Morgan Gibbs White. He's worth, checks notes, 42.5 million
0: pounds. Like, only, I think it's either 7 million more or less than Arsenal paid for Gabriel Jesus. I can't remember which which side of it it was, but I think Mm. it's 7 million pounds more than we pay for Gabriel Jesus, which is mental <laughs> absolutely <laughs> mental um, Wolves have properly pulled their pants down there I think Forest, the one that blew my mind mm. is Willy Bolly going from Wolves to, to um, Forest. seems like such a strange move um, obviously yeah. refused to turn up for the last game. But I don't know what you thought of that one, Adam. I just thought it was a bit... Is that just money? I, I don't see the, the, the motivation for that move. It could be money, but also
2: it feels like there's maybe a sense of clash or clashes at Wolves, should I say, mm-hmm. because Dendonka's... Yeah, yeah supposedly gone to a villa as well mm-hmm. so maybe a replacement for Louise Um but then yeah it doesn't seem like there's a harmonious kind of atmosphere yeah. at the moment with Wolves even after last night I heard boos and it sounded like it was more Wolves fans than it was mm-hmm. Bour- Bournemouth fans so I think there's a lot of maybe disgruntlement around the fact that they haven't done a lot of business um, yeah, if you yeah. think about it, they only bought in nathan collins and i think there's the um Gvedek? serbian striker yeah, as well yeah, okay. from stuttgart yeah, so yeah. it's not been fruitful in that respect and i think they were crying out for more enforcement so it'll be a question mark to see what they can do in the last few hours but yeah certainly feels like they're a team that are probably got, got enough to stay in the league, right? I don't think they're yeah, going to struggle, yeah. but I think they could be brought into it if they don't get a few results along the way. So let's wait and see anyway.
0: Yeah, I'd, I'd really be surprised if Bournemouth fans were booing a nil-nil if they didn't boo a nine-nil. I think they would have been <laughs> delighted with that. Like. <laughs> yeah. um, but before we move on to the Euro review, I wanted to very quickly talk about Fulham, um, kind of Andy quickly mentioned Mm. them, and how they seem to be tanking their own great start to the season. I think signing Willian is, as an Arsenal fan, I despise that man. He is the worst (laughs) transfer we've made in recent history, and there's some big competition in that category. (laughs) Um, He is undoubtedly the worst. I think it's such a strange move. And then bringing in Kozawa from PSG. Mm. Now, he's a player that I know from... Lots of FM players know because he's really <laughs> cheap and he's very good. But it's because FM hasn't quite perfected the personality thing on the game yeah. and how much that affects things. I think having these two personalities in the, in the change room, could, there's the potential for it to really mm. upset what's been a really great start to the season for Fulham. Like If they hadn't have lost to Arsenal, they would currently be top of the table. Like mm. they have had an incredible start to the season. I just think these two transfers have the potential to kind of upset that. What do we think, Andy? Yeah, I I think they've um, they've done some really smart business. I think they've
1: signed a lot of players, which I think we've got a little bit to prove, mm-hmm. you know. With um, but Leno as an example, like you yeah. know, disposed at number one at Arsenal, probably wasn't too happy about it, and I think you know he's got he's still got international ambitions, so mm-hmm. you know he's going to benefit from it. Another one is Andreas Pereira, who's, to be fair, he's ridiculed by United fans. He's been incredible. Um, But, you know, we always called him the pre-season Pirlo because (laughs) he he used to, he used to score some absolute bangers always in pre-season. And then when the actual football started, he was absolutely shite. Um, I think, you know, there was that banter period when, we had Fred McTominay and Pereira in the centre of our midfield, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. it's. Uh, but now he's he's coming with a bit of um, something to prove, and I think they've done well um, in signing those kind of players. Um, so yeah, I think the William transfer is just strange. I said it on the WhatsApp group earlier. Like he's done nothing. I mean, he, I think he got pretty much got he quit his club in Brazil because, like, the fans yeah. were going were yeah. going at him and stuff like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. So,
0: I know he's someone. Ad- yeah, he's someone who definitely his motivation has <laughs> disappeared. But the only promising <laughs> thing for Fulham fans, I would say, is that the one game for Arsenal where I thought, man, this guy could be a good signing, was at Craven Cottage. So, maybe, maybe he just really likes that ground and he'll be fantastic for Fulham. We don't know. Adam, your first thoughts on Willian and Kezawa to to Fulham?
2: Yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? Especially William, because when I heard rumours first, I thought, yeah, that's got to be some agent just trying to make some money, really. But yeah, just the very fact that he's back in the Premier League is very strange in itself. Um, Kazawa, yeah, I I get it. I think he's more of a backup, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think that's more bodies, because I don't think, if you look at the Fulham squad, they've got enough depth. So for me, I think that's what the angle is on that one. Um, he gives a bit of experience at the European stage. So, mm-hmm. again, I don't think he'll do too badly in the Premier League. Um, but that said, them haven't got a great record when it comes to random signings, do they? Mm-hmm. So um, the one player, though, I want to shout out is Palinha, who mm-hmm. they bought in from Unbelievable. Sporting Lisbon. So yeah. I think he's had a fantastic start as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is a bit of a random signing, I have to be honest. I think they could do better than those two, certainly.
0: I I think their fans might think so too, but we Mm. do need to go to the Euro review. All these signings are still going on. So on our Monday show, when we are back on our live Monday shows from next Monday, we will be reviewing all of the transfer business and talking about the start of the Champions League Damn, I'm pretty excited. Um, but for now, we need You're to talk about some midweek action. So it's ready, guys. All three of us. The, the, the blimp's only ever carried two people, right? It's only <laughs> ever carried two people. We're going to you- see if it can carry three. That's not a comment on any of our weights, I promise. <laughs> but let's go to the Euro review. Good news, guys. The blimp could handle our huge heft, and we are now (laughs) in the air and ready to talk about midweek action. The first midweek action of the season, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty exciting. And we're going to have a few of those as well, aren't we? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It did feel a bit mad in the middle of of August. To be August and have (laughs) midweek games did feel a bit mad, but it was a welcome sight for many teams, maybe not for all of them. Um, Adam, I'm going to let you kick us off. We're going to go for the Premier League. What is the first headline that we're going to talk about in the Premier League? We've got to start off by talking about
2: a certain Haaland, I think, and his hat-tricks that he seems to be just scoring for fun right now. Um, And I think there was a really good tweet that Andy received, I think he retweeted, about Haaland's never going to reach the same levels as Salah (laughs) um, in terms of (laughs) goal-scoring exploits. I think he's already proved that already in a few games, but I mean... That game in particular against Nottingham Forest, they demolished Nottingham Forest. I think Nottingham Forest were like, like obviously, like animals and headlights kind of moments. They just really crumbled. But you have to say also, I think Man City are going to demolish a few teams this season on that basis. I mean, you know, had Alvarez as well, who scores some really good good goals as well I mean Just from nowhere they bought, they bought on De Bruyne they bought on De Bruyne and that, that's the quality they've got off the bench yeah. that's yeah. what's scary about Man City and if they carry on this kind of vein of form I mean it's a very scary prospect for anyone to try and chase them right now I appreciate Arsenal have made a really good start so far um, <laughs> but I have to hand it to Man City it's not, they are no, it's setting not the continued. form yeah. exactly what about you Rory what do you think of that
0: yeah, I think Holland, first off hat-trick, I was um, out at a comedy night actually last night um, watching right. Tommy do stand-up comedy, which was good fun. But nice. whilst he was entertaining the crowd, I did keep an eye on the score and I was with the Italian, with our Italian friends and I just showed the phone of first half hat-trick Holland and everyone was just like, God, so how the hell is this guy <laughs> doing this? Like, He's an absolute machine. He's going to kill it. It is terrifying how good a start he's had. And it's been pointed out a lot on Twitter But I'm going to try and claim it as my own point as well. He, when everyone else is playing during the World Cup, Haaland is just going to sit down and relax and recover Mm -hmm. and have a month to just train and get ready. As even the most optimistic part of me being an Arsenal fan, thinking maybe this is the year that I'm desperately trying to (laughs) shut up is very aware of the fact that Haaland has a whole month to recover. And no matter what we do, the second half of the season, he's going to be there. It is like the rumours of the managers all calling each other to try and figure out how the hell Mm. they're going to stop Haaland. Like, this is a striker that the Premier League has never seen before. Scoring records are going to be completely annihilated by this guy, I think. And it's only his first season, and City are still getting used to playing with him. Like, it's terrifying. Like, what have your first impressions been, Andy, for Haaland? Like, obviously, as a United fan, you must be delighted to see how well it started.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, as a United fan, you hope he kind of, like, flops and has an injury and never plays the whole season. (laughs) But (laughs) but no, it's, um, I think, anybody with half a brain... Knew that he was going to do well when he came to the Premier League because mm. you know the, the the thing that people always say about the Premier League is that oh it's big and physical. Some of these strikers coming over from you know the old sort of stereotypical point of view, mm, sometimes xenophobic yeah, yeah. point of view that oh he won't you won't be able to do it the cold wet Tuesday night in Stoke. I mean that man was built in a lab. You know he's <laughs> yeah. he's played like cold wet Tuesday nights in fucking Norway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in yeah, 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 he's been um, there. Like, you know <laughs> yeah. it's a, he's, he's a physical, you know, he's a physical specimen in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when he's bigger and more powerful than anybody else, that's there it, you can't stop him. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. take away the physicality, there's still an exceptionally good finisher and footballer mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. And I think Guardiola will probably add more to his game over the years. But let's be honest, he's been brought in purely as a finisher. Um, yeah. they've been they've been bought in, you know, City have brought him in to turn those tight results into you know full mm. wins like last yeah. season that those kind of games they win maybe 2-0 and struggle for a yeah, little yeah. bit you know he gives them out and we said on the pod like last week that we just need to give him the ball a bit more now we're doing that yeah. um he scores six goals in two <laughs> games and yeah. yeah that that tweet saying that um oh he won't break Salah's record of 32 Goals because he's getting injured. I think thirty-two is not actually that high. um no. I think we're looking at I think Jimmy Greaves' record or something like that, or somebody else like the record is actually roughly in the forty marks. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where first division. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where football did start before nineteen ninety-two. <laughs> 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 so, yeah. but I I honestly could see Haaland getting forty odd goals easily. Yeah. If you think about the amount of chances City will create and will continue to create, mm-hmm. um, if he stays fit, then, yeah, God help us all.
0: Yeah, I feel like it's it, it's a, a grim realisation that I had before this season of like, can I imagine the next year that City don't win the league? And I can't really imagine mm. it at the moment. And with Haaland, it's just even harder to imagine. I'm like, there is no, there are no weaknesses in that team now. Um, they do seem to only wake up when they're two goals down, which I kind of suppose yeah, makes, it, makes it more entertaining for their fans, maybe. But we're now seeing that, yeah, they're learning how to play with Haaland. And he, you're right, Andy, the only job he's there to do is to score. Don't do anything else. Mm. just make sure that you are there where the ball is and you just put it in the back of the net and the guy is just technically he's absolutely outstanding as you said physically he's a complete freak it is insane when you watch how quick someone that huge runs it kind of makes me think of like nfl Mm. players when you see those 300 pound guys running (laughs) meters quicker than usain ball and you're like how the hell does this work like holland has that same kind of profile it's just terrifying but Poor old Nottingham Forest <laughs> that was that's always a rough game that's always a rough game right um and I think they've got Villa next so definitely keep your captain for Holland on fantasy I would say is my yeah. my <laughs> yeah. hot tip uh, for this weekend uh, but we're going to leave it there for Holland I think um and Andy I'm going to let you pick the next talking point for the Premier League what do you want to talk about? Uh, I might give like Bournemouth a shout here in this
1: case. Um because nice. obviously um Scott Parker got sacked over the weekend. Um, mm. you know, oh, for, okay, I, man. I didn't expect the first manager to be sacked in August, and yep. I didn't expect that first manager <laughs> to be Scott Parker. Um yeah. but Yeah, obviously getting battered 9-0 is, you know, hardly ideal, is it? Uh, But I I think when I was watching Match of the Day later on, his post-match comments were virtually a sack me now. Hmm. Um, I think when you listen to it back, he pretty much, he said that, you know, this 9-0 will happen again, <laughs> will happen again. You know, the players aren't good enough. The ball's done a shit job. Mm. I haven't got enough players in. I need some help. And it was a very sort of defeatist attitude. Um, mm-hmm. I think he pretty, I felt like he threw in the towel at that particular yeah. point and gone, not mm. my fault. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that might well be the case, but I think you don't just say it, on, you don't say it on national yeah. TV. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, yeah. you know, you don't, you don't just throw your boss under the bus or um, he hasn't got a big enough profile to pull a back me or sack me.
0: No, <laughs> it sh- kind of felt like, you know, on Football Manager, when you press the leak to press button and you know <laughs> you yeah. get sacked. <laughs> it kind of no. felt like that, where he was like, oh, fuck, it's the only card I've got left. And like, yeah, yeah it, it felt like he was, he was defeated. I think he's been treated incredibly harshly. Yes, 9-0 is obviously terrible, mm. but they also faced Liverpool, Arsenal and um city right um so they've had they've played three of the top six teams they should arguably have zero points and they've got three because they beat villa right i feel like he actually was doing all right with as you said the resources he's got they have not backed him at all their big signing today is jack stevens i think the center back from
1: southampton yeah is he he like fourth choice center backer yeah
0: Something yeah, like that, is yeah. Around.
1: So I could, I could understand these. Not, I was, I was looking, um, just now, like the biggest sign they've made this summer is um, Marcus Tavernier from um,
2: oh, yeah, middle borough at oh, like,
1: geez, 12 yeah, and a half right. million. Um, and that's so they got Marcus the Sensi
2: as well, didn't they?
1: Yeah, that was like oh, a few million, like that's not the <laughs> yeah, best. So. So, yeah, I could I could understand it being pissed off, but it's obviously what's going on behind the scenes, which I think has contributed mm-hmm. to yeah. tagging. And mm-hmm. I think a good barometer of checking your gut instinct is always to sort of look at the replies from supporters. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I looked at some of the quote tweets where Bournemouth put out their statement, and a lot of them sort of went, well, Look at that! You know, he's he's apparently been disgruntled for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's always a little bit of doubt as to whether he's a Premier League quality manager. Um, I think he's done enough to get himself an
0: opportunity elsewhere. Um, Mm. I I guess he's got two teams promoted from the Championship now, and that's a tough division to win. Like he got Fulham promoted, right, and he got Bournemouth promoted. That is a difficult, difficult league to get promoted from. So he's obviously at least proven himself there. In the Premier League, it does feel like he kind of he has, yeah, he's been found out. And I think it's kind of interesting now with Mitrovic, for example, right, at Fulham. It seems like he's really kind of clicked now. And he's Mm. definitely, definitely good enough for this league. But I think what it is was that when Scott Parker was manager, he didn't realise to design the whole team around Mitrovic. And I think what Marco Silva has done is built his whole tactics, his whole squad is around, we've got this striker that actually, not to disrespect Fulham, but we probably shouldn't have this striker. He should be at a yeah. bigger club. We need to build our and build our ethos around him. And I think Scott Parker maybe needs to learn that a little bit, whereas Marco Silva has. So I think, yeah... He, We'll see him in the Premier League again, I'm sure, but it will be when he gets someone else promoted. I'm going to say someone like Reading. I can see him at Reading, right? <laughs> <did quite> well. <laughs> I think maybe yeah. Scott Parker at Reading. He's got a cardigan worth more than most of the squad. And also, I think it's worth mentioning
1: uh, now that Bournemouth has sacked their manager, will the Sean Dice horn of
0: Gondor be lit? We we this have it, it prepared. We have it prepared. I can't wait for the moment. If it happens, it has to happen, right? Who else could they really be looking at bringing in? Is it going to be someone where they just promote from within and see what happens this season already? Or do they have to try and like who, Adam, if you're in charge of Bournemouth now, apart from not sucking Scott Parker, where are you, where are you looking for your next manager?
2: Do you know what? It sounds very obvious, but they might turn to someone like Harry Redknapp as a mm-hmm. director of football kind of role he and have someone young. He, yeah, he yeah. loves Bournemouth. He's got the connections down there. It's just down the road for him. Um, yeah. But I, yeah, I, he I don't like leaving sandbanks.
0: But... No, exactly. Yeah,
2: yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, though, I think it's got Sean Dyche written all over mm-hmm. it. I think he's the kind of person that, based on what we can hear from Scott Parker, is that you're not likely to have a lot of money. If that's the kind of guarantee to Dice to say, you keep us up, we might give you some money in the summer, etc. Here's a bonus for your kind of worries as well. I think he'd probably do it. I- I'm struggling, though, off the top of my head, to think of yeah, anyone yeah. that's available right now that would probably get involved because, I mean, I can't see any of the kind of managers that are, say, in the championship right now that would swap mm-hmm. their hands at Bournemouth because it's a bit yeah. like the comment that Andy shared about what's the point of Bournemouth. They are very much like the Norwich. <laughs> like yeah, yeah, what, yeah. what are you, what are you going to swap yourself for? And that's really harsh on Bournemouth, but yeah, you have got that scenario and I think mm. that stigma is going to stick with them. So it feels, unless, it feels like yeah. it's
1: got, um, I vibes. Oof. Oh, no, please get no. Pards back in. Are they?
0: Let's Might as well honest. just
2: bring out Tony Poulis as well
0: Gary how- Megson's still about
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, depends- it depends how desperate they get though because I guess the only thing that's on there about Sean Dyke is obviously like, you know, I'm not sure whether he's going to move that far south I mean, uh, well, I believe he lives in not uh, Northampton, so he's not actually
2: that far up. So oh, okay, he's kind enough. of relatively Midlands way. So he might might do it if it, he gets a sunny like house down that sandbanks or something like Plus that. Sure of South, South
0: Coast is beautiful, right? There's definitely yeah, worse yeah, places to work. Fish and chips. Well, hopefully, hopefully we see Sean Dyche back in the league, and he is a manager who knows exactly how to get the best out of what he's got (laughs) like he is their best option really he is their best option i think hopefully they bring him back we'd all love to see sean dash back um (laughs) i am gonna actually i think i've waited long enough i'm actually gonna try and talk about arsenal now and um five in a row five in a row five in a row feels like a big thing it felt like a huge Like, last night, again, I didn't... I wasn't able to watch the game. I've watched the highlights plenty of times. Do not worry about that. But, I was checking the score, and I was like, just five in a row just sounds good. It just sounds good. It feels like a milestone. It feels like a thing. Yes, we've got Manchester United next, and yes, they love to end runs of ours, and there's a lot of history there, but five in a row feels like something. If we look at how we started last season, to how we started this season, I cannot believe we've got here. It's... I know, as Richard Keys was so keen to point out, we've achieved nothing, right? We've—I know—we're peaking too early. We are definitely peaking too early. October is going to be shit. March, February, March is going to be shit. Like I'm fully aware of how hard this season's going to be, but the start to this season has been honestly just years of watching Arsenal has been painful. And finally, we've got a team that we like playing great football, winning games that they should be winning. The atmosphere at the Emirates looks incredible. The people are at the stadium two hours before kickoff. Like the, the club is revitalized and it is just, even if we only get top four this season, even if we get top six this season, the attitude around the club is just so much better. And I'm just absolutely delighted. I can't, yeah, I'm going to finish there. It's just beautiful. Like, from the outside, I'm going to go to you, Adam, first. I know Andy's probably going to have a certain view of it, <laughs> but I'm going to go for you, Adam, first before he bursts my balloon. From the outside, what, what do you make of Arsenal and how they've started this season and the transformation?
2: I think I've been really impressed. Just I think what's more telling is the fact that the last two games where seemingly you may have struggled in the past, I think Mm -hmm. you've got over that now. And it seems like you've got a bit more confidence about the style and the way you're going to go about things. There's a certain confidence that seems to be there amongst the players. And Mm -hmm. you can sense that in the fans, the atmosphere down there. So even when there's been times where in the past you would have maybe crumbled, actually... Yeah, Arsenal seem incredible right now. And if they can continue that for at least, say, 10 games or more, then you could be on to something. I I really Mm -hmm. do feel like Arsenal will be in the top four. I've predicted that Mm -hmm. before the season started. Um, But I have been pleasantly surprised, I suppose. I think those games like against Villa last year would have probably ended in a draw um yeah. whereas this season mm. they seem to have a bit of an edge they've got some quality strikers right now in the lights of Gabriel Jesus and Martinelli seems to be linking up really well but even yeah. yesterday you saw like the lights of Saka coming into it a bit more Odegaard is another play that will be refreshed after Qatar so he'll yeah be no, very true faster. very true and just defensively you look strong like mm-hmm. I'm not going to say anymore but I think what we yeah. should also just shout out just very quickly Villa look really poor at the moment. But they I'll do. Let
1: Andy yes. do
2: that <laughs> job for me instead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, they do look terrible. Andy, let's talk about Villa. What do we think? I, I, think, I think they're in trouble,
1: to be honest. Um, there's not. There are another club that don't seem to have particularly good rumblings about it. I've been saying mm-hmm. for a while that, you know, it feels like Steven Gerrard still doesn't know who his best eleven are, is what his best attack combination is. Um, and yeah, obviously, they were a little bit unlucky losing um, Gabriel in defence um, for quite a long time. Um, but yeah, they just they just don't seem like a team that's in sync with each other. Um, and given Joe has been there, you know, he's managed a good 30-year games of him, you'd like to think there'll be a bit more of a cohesive vision, a cohesive way of going about things. A lot of the tactics just seems to be hopeful that Coutinho does something. Um, and that's not sustainable. And I know we talked a bit about Villa um, last week. So, yeah, I think um, they've got... You know it might well sort of come together for them, but you know, games like um, you know, they've lost to Palace, they've lost to West Ham, they've lost um, you know, they're just about beaten, yeah. Bournemouth, they just about beaten another equally poor Everton side. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think, um, looking at the next sort of few fixtures, they've got City, Man City at, next, yeah, they've got Man City next, that won't go well. Um Leicester and Aston Villa, I think, on the tenth would be a really interesting mm. game because um obviously Leicester is not particularly great in shape either. And I think going back to Arsenal, I think you are absolutely right, actually, there is a clearly unified squad of players that mm. fight for each other get on with each other you know they've got rid of the bad eggs you know getting rid of a bamiang among others was probably mm-hmm. the best thing that you could have done in those circumstances and i think um arteta's done really really well to kind of ride out the bad um, yeah. moments and to be fair the board have allowed him to ride out those bad mm-hmm. moments because I did think last season there was um, a few times he there was could have a got, few times where I season. thought yeah. surely he could have been sacked because yeah I mean I still love the view that apart from the FA Cup when you know Arteta still largely hasn't really achieved anything yeah. in the league yeah, you Um mean. you know to put it out there only got a Solskjaer finish ahead of him and yeah. not consecutive top four finishes. Um so they think there's still a lot further to go. If you look at their opening games, they haven't really been behind they have I don't think they've been behind at any stage of the five games that they've played. Um, you know, well, we did really... against um Fulham. Fulham's the only one. Yeah, sorry, you came back to yeah, win that yeah, with two yeah. one. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but generally speaking, is not you've beat. You, know, you played two promoted sides, a really poor Villa side, a Leicester side that are. And in we the beat them all. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. So yeah. You've, won, you've won the games that you've been winning. You're supposed to yeah. win, but I guess the, the thing we've always with Arsenal is you always tend to find out what they're about in the high pressure games. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what happens on Sunday when you play Man oh, United. God. Uh, because that's that's
0: battle. I feel like that's going to be um eventful well the thing is it taught me a lesson right this week I've kind of learned the lesson that no matter like Arsenal literally could not be in a better position coming into this game right won five in a row perfect start to the season and still I am not optimistic about the game against Manchester United I feel almost more scared than if we'd lost the last five. I'm like, there is no way you can be optimistic in football. That's what I've learned this week. I'm just incapable of optimism when it comes to Arsenal. So let's just cross my fingers and see what happens. But before we move to Serie I wanted to very, very quickly talk about the chaos at the end of Liverpool, Newcastle and a certain Swedish striker who looks like he could be very exciting. Um, I'm going to start with Andy. What did you think about the added time at the end of the game? Um, were the Newcastle fans and management right to kick off? I kind of think they were.
1: Yeah, I think you've had, obviously, all the smart arses, which happened to be Liverpool fans, giving it the whole, oh, this time was deducted for this, this mm-hmm. time was deducted for that. And, yeah, you could understand where that comes from. They've gone, well, by the letter of the law, um, we've, we've deserved this extra time. But I just... Um, you maybe it's maybe that's how it should be mm. and referees have not been applying those rules we just found a referee that did decide to actually keep time properly because yeah. uh, I remember when uh, Manchester United played Atletico Madrid um, in the Champions League yeah. knockout stages and there was a stat that came out saying that they um the ball was only in play for like you know it was like 40 minutes or something. 40 right? minutes a whole game. Yeah, yeah, and think you yeah. get towards full time. It's like two minutes of extra time. You've gone, yeah, you go on, yeah. Oh, have you worked that out? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I think the, the, the idea that's been pushed, and Adam, I'd like to hear your thoughts on this, but the idea that's been pushed is an independent time thing. Like, so thing, mm-hmm. that's not the technical term. You'll be surprised to know. Uh, yeah. But <laughs> an independent time thing being introduced where the clock automatically stops when the ball goes out of play. To me, that makes a lot of sense. That's what every other yeah. sport does. What do you what what do you think about that? Do you think it would solve the problem quickly? Uh I mean you'll always get conspiracy theories. I think
2: with this mm-hmm. one, it was interesting. What I saw was they reckoned because Nick Pope had gone down for 90 seconds, that was what right. was added right, right. thereafter. Um, whether that's legitimate I don't know but it seems quite a long time and it seems like Mm -hmm. they were looking for Liverpool to equalise certainly from that point of view but certainly if you look across the game I don't feel like referees sometimes know what they've got to do in those circumstances Mm -hmm. even at a lower level I've seen it at times where it should be like four minutes added on and they give two minutes and they literally finish just before the two minutes are literally up and it's supposed to be a minimum time as opposed Mm -hmm. to a maximum time so it seems to be interpretations and that's probably where it needs to be probably justified in terms of what you're supposed to do in those circumstances. But yeah, Yeah. definitely with you, I think there should be an independent time that records what is actually should be played, et cetera. So that would definitely help the referees. Right.
0: I feel like it would just kill time-wasting instantly because apart oh, yeah. from slowing slowing down the tempo of the game, which definitely, definitely works, right? Like, if the game's getting a bit much, you take time over a throw-in regardless to slow that down. But I think it would drastically decrease the amount of time-wasting and pointless, like, fake injuries and stuff that we see. I think... Look, we know that FIFA moves at the rate of tectonic plates, so it's going to take a very long time for it to get here. But I think it's, at least it's now being discussed. Um, but before we before we move on to Serie a, we need to talk about Alexander Izak as well. Could have had two goals, arguably should have had two goals. The second finish was absolutely beautiful. Um, I'm really excited about seeing this guy in the Premier League. Um, it looked for a while like he'd end up at Arsenal. We got Gabriel Jesus instead, definitely not complaining. But he's definitely got the profile... Of a kind of Thierry Henry, not just because he's wearing number fourteen, but I feel like he's tall, he's physical, he's fast, he's athletic. He cuts in from the left. What did you think of him, Adam, from his first performance? Were you impressed by him? I thought it was outstanding. That yeah, like, yeah,
2: it. he looks really good. I think there's always been a potential about him. What's being kind of written about? His time in Spain, though, is he hasn't been prolific. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how he gets on in the Premier League. Certainly, I personally feel like the Premier League suits his game more because yeah. he's going to get the ball a lot more often. Being the focal point, it seems, at Newcastle as well, that's mm-hmm. going to help a lot. And given that Callum Wilson is pretty much injured most of the time, that will give him yeah. a lot more game time as well. But certainly, I think this is a really good end like promising move from a Newcastle mm-hmm. perspective, because I think all of the other signings they've brought in have been very sensible ones. This is one that looks like it's set for the future. So they're looking to have yeah, him yeah. for a number of seasons. And yeah, I'm really excited about what he can do in the Premier League. But we I, again, we just have to give him time because let's not judge him on one game so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But certainly, I mean, you look at it, the qualities there, you can tell that. And mm-hmm. I saw that in the national side with him as well. He does look the real deal. So really excited about him.
0: Nice. And before we wrap up, Andy, where do you think he can take Newcastle this season? What where, where do you think would be a successful season for them? As we see them wrap up their business, I think they've had a good window. Where do you think they should be aiming to finish? I think top half. I think he's, mm-hmm. the top half
1: of the good cup run, I think is um, realistic for them. I think nice. they've still got probably a couple of windows, to be perfectly honest. Because mm-hmm. uh, I think... The problem with Newcastle it is like a three or four window job, yeah. Because um, you know they've still got a lot of absolute championship level dross <laughs> yeah. sticking about in their uh, yeah. squads still. Um,
0: so when you've just signed get- one of them, Martin Dubravka. Congratulations! Yeah, that's. Um- <laughs> I about,
1: yeah, I was going <laughs> to sort of sweep that under the carpet, to be honest. But to be fair, he is a good keeper. No, he's a decent keeper. Um, that's, that's
0: very harsh on Martin. That's very no, it,
1: To be fair, he's a good keeper. I think they yeah, just bought yeah. a better one in Nick Pope. Um, <laughs> yeah. and United needs a um, a keeper to push the Gea because you've got one, but we decided to let him go to Nottingham Forest instead. So we then had in the classic Manchester United way, gone, oh shit, we need to get a keeper. We've only got one keeper. Well, yeah, <laughs> we've got Tom Heaton as well, but obviously with the Gaya's somewhat dodgy start to the season, I don't I think um I think it was very much a last-minute thing. Is that the you know Eric's I obviously- quite like
0: it. There has to be a chaotic. There has to be a few chaotic transfers on deadline day, and that's definitely one of them. But now it is time, I think, to go to Italy and talk Serie A. There's been some big games. Well, a lot of goals, I think. A lot of goals? Enough goals. I don't yeah, know. what to discuss. But <laughs> there's been some exciting goals. Um, I think we're going to start in the capital, because why not? And we're going to start with Roma's fantastic start to the season. So they ran out 3-0 winners um, over... Now, it was against Cremonese. No, it was against Monza. Monza. I kept getting those two teams confused on Twitter <laughs> as well. Okay getting them confused 3-0 winners over Monza but stealing the headlines was Dybala getting his first Mm. two goals for the club two beautiful finishes the second one was a little bit fortuitous but he was there in the right Mm. place put it home Roma now scored six goals um, in four games only Mm. conceded one and the front line is really really starting to click Roma looking good and Tammy Abraham setting Dybala up for the first goal Adam, what did you think of Roma? And is Mourinho going to coach them? How good can they be? I'm excited about Roma.
2: I think we've all been kind of excited about the prospects of Roma this season. Um, Let's not forget, though, this was on the back of a draw against Juventus where they didn't Mm -hmm. perform very well, unfortunately. So this is going to be the interesting thing is... What can they do against the big six? And when it comes to those kind of games, can they win at least half of those games? Because that will put them into the mix of top four, I would say. I think it's very early to say what they can do. But obviously, we we can see the likes of Bellotti's also been signed. So that eventually came over the line. Um, I'm very excited. I think obviously that performance against Monza shouldn't be a surprise because Monza's yeah. form has been horrendous so far um and yeah we'll probably note that in the following few weeks as well to be fair but that said um really good performance by Roma and in particular that defense seems to be doing really well I thought that was the area of weakness for them and they seem to be doing really well so yeah I think everyone should be uh taking a note of Rome this season but let's see when they've got the back-to-back games when they've got Europe as well as the league and then we'll can truly see what Roma's is all about this season certainly what about you Rory?
0: I'm really impressed with Smaldini. Chris Smallin absolutely killing it. He's been unbelievable since he arrived at Roma. He's been incredible again this season. I think Ibanez as well, his defensive partner, getting the goal to yeah. make it 3 0. I think Mourinho is definitely coaching a tune out of this team. As you said, though, as you pointed out, Monza have been an absolute disgrace. I think they're really, really, really bad. And I think it's a good job that a lot of the loans that they've signed are depending on them staying up because don't worry about it, they're not staying up. None of those those players are going to be in Monza next year. It was very clever from Silvio that because they're not staying up. Um, On the other hand, another team that got promoted, but I've been impressed despite the fact they've not won a game yet is Cremonese and they lost to Inter. But I was looking at their run and they have already played against um, Fiorentina, Roma and Inter within the first four games. So I think we have to kind of say almost like the Bournemouth thing and be like, look, let's judge them on, you know, who they've played, not the points on the table despite inter making it look fairly comfortable um and we'll get on to them i've been really impressed with Cremonese. i think there's enough quality in that squad for them to kind of really really cause some problems especially Dessas, the striker who they got from uh um, yeah Feyenoord. i know I've, I've banged on about him a little bit i he really did impress me in the conference league last year and i think he was causing into problems he was the one player they kept the back line kind of semi-busy. Um, mm. So I think Cremonese have got enough enough kind of quality there. We will see them start to pick up points, but we need to talk about the Barella goal. Now, Andy, I don't know. If, did you see the Barella goal? i seen that. Absolutely disgusting for <sighs> this. Oh, just... That cross from Oglu as well. Absolutely beautiful. Um, Interplaying some really good stuff. And Korea. Is this the season where Correa's going to <laughs> And we might actually, because I had him in fantasy last year and he did sod all. And I need yeah. to know if I'm going to buy him this year because I'm, I, I'm not sure what to do. What do you think of Inter so far? Have you been impressed?
2: Yeah, no, in terms of Inter, I've been definitely impressed. I think obviously when you look at Friday's game though, where they took on Lazio and lost 3-1, mm-hmm. you kind of started to see them crumble a bit. And I, I wonder whether they do need that reinforcement. So I think, For that particular match, you could tell they were missing Perisic. Perisic was really critical Mm -hmm. in those matches where he could get crosses in when they needed to, but they really did struggle in that particular match. Lukaku was marked out of the match, for example. So, yeah, I think their midfield was overrun as well, to be Mm -hmm. fair. And Sergei Malinkovic, Savic, again, just incredible player. But the Louis Alberto goal, for example, was really good. But going back to Inter... Yeah, I mean, that was a must win game. They got back to winning ways. They're back into the fight of being in the top four again. So, yeah, I think they're going to have games like this, to be fair, where they Mm -hmm. are going to maybe struggle. And it it was the signs were there at Lecce, for example. But I think, yeah, it was kind of telling that they managed to get back to winning ways. the key is what are they going to do with Gosens if he is rumoured to go, um, who are they are going to replace him? Because I know a lot of Inter fans on Twitter in particular are saying, yes, yeah, Sunning is doing a deal over into not investing into the club a bit like mm-hmm. the Glazers. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. But at the moment, they've still got a positive squad. They've got some players. Correa looks like he's on form. Um, yeah, I'm just surprised Asalani hasn't really turned up. He mm-hmm. hasn't really played yeah. that much. I think when he does play, he'll be interesting to watch. There's also backups like Raul ben and Bellanova as well, for example, who no. hasn't turned up yet. Again, a player with potential. So let's wait and see. But yeah, I think mm-hmm. lineup in terms of the attacking force, they are incredible. They'll you know match up with most of Europe in that respect. So mm-hmm. let's wait and see though. But yeah, what about your thoughts on Enter?
0: Um, I think Martinez scored in every goal so mm-hmm. far. Uh, scored in every game so far this season. Um, we've seen straight. Obviously, the carku was injured uh, for this game, but I think we're seeing that Martinez just picking up exactly where he left off from last year. Yeah. I think Inzaghi. Is just continuing down this path where he took on this this squad from Conte, and nobody was quite sure how he was going to do if he was going to keep it to the same level. He arguably had them playing better football than Conte last year. Mm. And had it not been for a missed penalty in the Milan Derby, they probably would have won the scudetto. Yeah. Like I think he got he improved them and I think he's improving them again. And again, as you said, he's doing it under very difficult circumstances. Because I think the owners are masters of just keeping the squad good enough and it's like kind of just shaving away tiny little bits to kind of streamline it like how much can we get away with whilst being competitive in this league because it does seem like they just sell every year and the the transfers they bring in are often quite underwhelming i think they did quite well with like bringing an honor in on a free like obviously handanovic is still number one but they've got that in reserve for when handanovic eventually retires um Never retires, yeah. They did They did very well with Dumfries. He's become an absolute monster. Mm-hmm. I think like, so they are, I can see why Inter fans are very, very angry. I can see it because they've also, as we mentioned at the top of the show, Milan being bought by Redbird, they're about to get a lot more serious. Um, and I think they can see that I think the owners of Milan, the, one of the reasons why they would have come in and invested is because they're like, there's a potential to build a dynasty here. If we just are sensible, yeah. we can put our stamp on this league. And I think for Inter fans, that would be obviously pretty terrifying. Um <laughs> So I think Sunning, yeah, very, very clever at managing what they're doing. As long as they don't sell Scriniar within the next two hours, I think Inter should I think Milan should still be yeah, standing unless tomorrow. Unless they get hopefully. a really crazy
2: offer, I think he's staying. And rumors are that he'll be signing up to a new contract as well. So God, I hope yeah, so. Let's wait and see. Yeah,
0: I really, really hope so. But yeah, Inter look like they should be challenging again. They will be challenging again, but this weekend, it is. The Derby della Madonina, de Um It is the yeah. Milan derby this weekend. So before talking about that, we need to talk about Milan. And mm. they've hit a bit of a bump. It looks yeah. like they're hitting a bit of a bump. They've drawn two matches in a row now. Um, they drew nil-nil to Sassuolo. Now we know Sassuolo... It, it, I feel like I say this every time I talk about Sassuolo. <laughs> they have the ability to cause problems. They do. But <laughs> Milan were very, very disappointing. I was really... I don't know if either of you saw this game, but I just thought I at at no some point saw the, the highlights. The line was going to score. Go. Yeah, I thought it in my hands.
2: Yeah, no, I saw it, and Magic Mike in goal saved them. To be fair, mm-hmm. um, yeah. like Cop Miners looked like he was like just trying far too hard almost gave away a penalty, um, injured Berardi in the process as well um, by doing it. But yeah, I mean, Berardi was, he had a penalty, obviously saved. Um, Yeah, it's very unfortunate because when you saw it, Fratezi also had a chance. So yeah, I mean, there were some worrying signs. I mean, from a Milan perspective, you could say the promise was Simon Kier came back, he appeared um but that, you got like apart, 80 minutes
0: in as well i think yeah, 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 yeah.
2: really was a struggle but yeah, yeah apart from that yeah milan are coming off the rails a bit so i don't know obviously Serginho Des might give that bit of impetus again i don't know what it is though to be fair because they are kind of a strong side when you look on paper. Yeah. Um, it just seems to be potentially in games they struggle to get that inspiration at times, especially when they have to dig deep. And that's where mm-hmm. maybe Zlatan a few years ago yeah. would have changed that game for them, but
1: yeah. they haven't. Got they are his missing a of players, aren't they? Because obviously, you know, Simon Kier's uh, been missing for what was it, seven. Yeah, years, getting something him something back like is going to be huge. Getting him back. Yeah, obviously, Aslatan's yeah. injured at the moment. Um, I think it's just a case of like getting those experienced personnel back, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's like 20, 30 minutes at a time, um, to help manage them through games a little bit better.
0: Yeah, well, this is, I think especially towards the end of the of the season, last season, Milan, like we were joking about it. They were just winning games by one goal. It was 1-0, 1-0, 1-0. And they were just getting the job done. I think you're right, Andy, just getting that like, just that bit of experience up front and maybe and just like killer instinct like Giroud is always the goal he scored last weekend was absolutely unbelievable but like he's always going to be able to like get those moments I think Leão is obviously a fantastic player but he's still very young and he's not as consistent as he could be I think but Milan they're definitely gonna be up there for this for the derby this weekend I think it's incredibly hard to call um last season Obviously, Milan had the better of it. The first one was a draw, and then they beat Inter in the second one. Um, I feel like Inter, in the one game where they've faced decent opposition this year, they have not turned up against Lazio. They were awful. So this is a big test for them. I kind of put Milan as slight favourites, but that's only because I know that Inter are able to bottle any situation. Um, what, what, What do you think will happen this weekend, Adam? And then I'll get your thoughts, Andy.
2: Uh, I think it's going to be a draw. Uh, It's got a draw written all over it, to be fair. (laughs) I mean, Lukaku's missing for Inter, um, so that might change the dynamic of the game. Mm -hmm. That said, I think the game is going to be won or lost in midfield. It's got to be one of those where it's one of the teams have got to dominate. Having said that, all the games that were played between the two were really exciting last season. There was Mm -hmm. never a boring match between the two, so... It could be one of those that there is goals. Um, I'm going to put my head online and say it's two all, um, because I think Ooh. there will be goals in this one, because yeah. especially with Handanovic in goal, I'm afraid he just, yeah, simplest of light like, saves, it seems yeah. to go past him. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I equally, yeah, Milan, they have got their moments in them. Tio Hernandez can just, you know, concede a penalty when he doesn't need yeah. to, for
0: example. So I could see that happening, but... Yeah, I think it's going to be a tight affair. That's for sure. Andy, what do we think? Which side of Milan are you going to piss off now? Who are you backing to get a result for this weekend? I'm going to go say it's a draw and not piss off oh, either side. We do want Inter
2: to win, right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, we can all say that we all we all want Inter <laughs> to win. But I think I'm going to say Milan are slight favourites, but I'm going to say. Now I've got back in, uh, let's say, Martinez, 87th minute winner. I'm not going to say what score it is, but I'm going to say Martinez is the guy to come up in the big moment and get the win for Inter. Fingers crossed. It's going to be a great game. As you said, Adam, it's always a great game. And I'm going to be in a bar in Milan somewhere. Hopefully I'll be able to remember the game afterwards so I can talk about it on Monday. We will find out on Monday, depending how Saturday night goes. Good. So elsewhere in Serie A, we need to talk about Um, Should we go to Juve next? We have to talk about them at some point. Yeah,
2: let's talk about Juve because, yeah, they've got certain players we need to talk about as well, right?
0: Yeah, so do you want to kick us off on Juve? I've got a few players I want to talk about. Who are we going to talk about first?
2: Yeah, let's start off with Vlaovic then. I mean, incredible free kicks. He seems Mm -hmm. to be on form. I don't know where he's had that in his locker, but, yeah, obviously he's been practising over the summer and Mm -hmm. um, scored against Roma. Again, he scored against Spezia. I mean... Yeah, incredible. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, from the Juve that we were taking the mick out of last week um, compared to this week, they seem to have got their shit together. And interestingly, I don't know about you guys, but uh, Fabio Moretti, he seems to be the guy that everyone's talking about at the moment. So if you don't know him, he's got a very Andre Pilo-esque kind of ability on him. But he's only 19 years old as well. So he's a young kid being thrown into this midfield. And he looks like he's dominating games. You know, he's in control mm-hmm. of the game itself when you're expecting the likes of Locatelli or maybe Rabiot to dominate. And he's doing really well. He's doing incredibly well. Um, and then just to top it on top, um, we've got Arkadiusz Milik, who's just been brought Oof. in and scores a goal. So again, he's not really a fan's favourite at the moment. It has to be said because if you look at the uh, various messages, they don't see him as the striker to be the backup mm-hmm. of Lavić, but. I think he's going to be very much underrated. He can score in Serie A. He's done it before with
0: Napoli. I think He was relentless really well at them. Napoli. It felt like he always exactly. scored at Napoli. Like Yeah. It felt like he always scored. I thought that was a very very clever signing from Juve. Very clever. Yeah, it's not what Juve fans want is the headline. They want the glamour. They want the disaster 90 million Ronaldo signing, right? They don't want the the player that could actually just quietly get a job done. But I think that's what they've done. You're right, 92nd minute on his debut, gets a goal to make the win more comfortable. I think it's a very, very clever signing. And with Moretti, I think you're right. And I think this is kind of why we're seeing them let Zakaria go. Now, I know they're not exactly the same kind of player, but Zakaria came in last summer. Uh, no, in January, right? He's it's not January, been there long at yeah. yeah,
2: not being long. He's,
0: By all accounts, he's fallen out with, um, with the manager, with Allegri and with the owners, and he wants to go. But I think the fact that they are comfortable letting him go and not saying, no, you've got a contract here is partly down to the fact that Mileti's come through and he does look absolutely fantastic. Juve, they're never going to be fun. They're never going to be enjoyable to watch, but they will get results. <laughs> um And Vlaavich has had an incredible start to the season. He is just all around. I think if he had set pieces to his game as well, Jesus Christ, he could like, I think it's like, we've said it before, but it's Haaland and Bappe and him are like the three most exciting young strikers on the planet, really. Like Juve have got a a kind of dynasty player there. So yeah, yeah, good to see him start well, in a way. Um, As as good as it can be to see Juve do well. Um, But yeah, Zakaria has gone off to Chelsea, but Juve will survive. It is weird. And I'm worried because he's actually a very, very good player. Um, We've not actually talked about Chelsea. Um, What what does comfort me is the fact that none of the signings they've made make any sense. So no no matter how good he is, I'm not sure how well he'll actually do at Chelsea because Todd Bolley's just playing FIFA at this point, right? It seems so <laughs> yeah, yeah like, no, it's he doesn't have so a
2: strange. clue. And I, I think that's uh, words that we have to be worried about Tuchel's cool, like kind of future at the moment because he doesn't seem to be getting the best out of these players at the moment either. They don't seem to have a clue what they're doing. But mix it in with these like signings in the next few hours as well. I, I don't know what squad you've got. And I think this is another team that is struggling to identify where they're going forward. I appreciate this yeah. might be a season kind of job where they actually have to find their identity. But again, could we be seeing Tuchel cool sacks in a few months' time? I don't know. Plus also, he, he, he's, he's not
1: yeah. Ted Burley's guy either. No. Um, that's the thing to bear in mind. Mm. He is still the remaining figure
0: out of that old. regime. I would love to know who Ted Bolly's going to pick as Chelsea manager because I feel like it might be like the spirit of Johan Cruyff at this point. Like, I don't know who he would actually (laughs) appoint. But like, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Tuchel, interestingly, over his last 15 games has the same record that got Frank Lampard sacked. So it's Mm. definitely not going well down at the bridge but we're meant to be talking about Serie A, guys we got distracted yeah. so what i'm gonna the last game before i throw to you adam and you can throw up one more talking point i'm going to talk about Udinese beating fiorentina one nil and Udinese mm. again a team that always has the potential to cause problems this is a huge result for them now fiorentina have now gone four games in all competitions without scoring a goal they have brought in a lot of new attackers i think it's taken a while for them to gel Antonin Barak is going to be a huge signing. It's just going to take time. But for Udinese, I think they've got the player that by the end of this season, all the clubs are going to be looking at, and that is Beto. He's had a great start to the season. He's a striker, again, who is huge, physical, but incredibly Mm. technical. He scores unbelievable goals he scored a goal last season where he ran like the length of the pitch it was kind of George yeah. Weyer-esque um he scored from outside the area he scored bicycle kicks and he's also someone who's just able to get his head on it in the six-yard box incredible striker and Udinese I think they could have a really good season between him and Delafeu. and they've got yes. Destiny Udoge who has yeah. just recently signed for Spurs but very exciting player Udinese, a team to keep an eye out on this season. Uh, Fiorentina, you'll be fine. It's just a very slow start to the season. I was a little bit concerned for them
2: there. I don't know if you saw this, Adam, but... Yeah, again, I saw the highlights. I I think you've stolen my thunder, though. Delafeo is the reason why they're doing so well at the moment. You can see his runs. And this wasn't just this match. You saw it against Milan as well. Mm -hmm. He is driving them at the moment. He's creating the opportunities he seems to be the focal point. So I suppose the worry would be, is are they too reliant on him? So what happens yeah, yeah. when he does go off injured? That mm-hmm. said, like you say, Beto had a really good season last season. Again, having a really good one now as well. Beccal at the back, I think, is a really yeah. solid defender. Silvestri is a good goalkeeper, for example. So I, I do think they've got the, all the hail marks of a really good team right now. Um, again, Fiorentina, very disappointing. I think, again, they had a really good result against Napoli um, on the weekend. Coming into this game, I was very disappointed by the way it turned out. They didn't mm-hmm. seem to get their game in the middle of the park, right? Uh, like you say, Barak seemed really promising against Napoli, less so in the game against Udinese. So interesting times for Fiorentina, Udinese. I think they're going to surprise some teams and people in general because of the way they're playing right now i didn't expect them to be in the top half of the table that's for sure uh, yeah, i think yeah. they've got all the hallmarks of potentially being in the top 10. i wouldn't say Top six for now, but you know, who knows if they they
0: haven't got Europe, you know, they have a good cup run that might build up
2: some momentum for them, you know. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I think it could be an exciting season for the listeners because this video is going to be on YouTube, it is on YouTube for the listeners' benefit. Andy has just disappeared (laughs) and didn't say goodbye, I believe he's off to play football. So, on Andy's (laughs) behalf, goodbye, listeners. Um, (laughs) you're stuck stuck (laughs) with just me and Adam now. I apologize, but yeah. And he's gone. So, Adam, the last talking point from Serie A before we preview this weekend's fixtures. Let's
2: let's talk about Napoli then. Obviously, this is the team that we've been saying for mm-hmm. the last few weeks how amazing <laughs> and, um, you know, the potential is there. Um, but like I say, about the Fiorentina match, they drew 0-0. Uh, yeah. Farah and the likes of Zelensky was brought off because they didn't have great games, unfortunately. They really struggled in the middle of park, unfortunately. And, yeah, again... This is the thing, in Napoli, where do we think they're going to be fitting right now? Because they struggled against Lecce, um, a team that on paper you should probably beat at home, Mm -hmm. but they are really good at the moment. And that goal by Colombo, and we're not talking about the American detective, we're talking about (laughs) a certain young striker that's come from AC Milan. He had a banger in him, an absolute banger, and it was fantastic. But what did you think of that performance, by the way?
0: Yeah, I think Lecce we've seen. They they made it difficult for Inter. They've made it difficult for every team so far. I think, look, there was... Obviously, w- we definitely got a bit carried away with Napoli, but I think they were obviously all these... or Every team's going to have moments where they struggle. I think the 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 momentum for Kvada's start could obviously only go so far. I think Napoli will still be there or thereabouts. They've just slowed down a little bit. They're, it. When you, it feels like Napoli have changed their identity so much this year, and so many players have come and gone that these growing pains were going to appear at some point. Um, like they've sold a lot of players, a lot of players have disappeared on them this season, like including their club captain. And like, it's a big, big like transition. But so I think they had an incredible start, they've slowed down a little bit, but yeah, it was a little bit lackluster. A little bit, you're right, the midfield didn't impress me at all. And usually, like Anguisa um labaka they usually are the standout stars for napoli so i think once when they're not on their game everything kind of falls apart unfortunately but napoli will be fine they will be fine i think um so i think it's time to preview this weekend's fixtures um what i'm going to do adam is i'm going to get you to talk about the premier league fixtures that are standing out to you and then okay. I am going to preview the set fixtures and we can just jump in whenever we like. There we go. Listen, there's a bit of admin let's do it. for you, but let's there do we it. go. Let's, right. let's go So Premier it. League so fixtures,
2: let's go. Let's start. So we have got the Merseyside der- Derby even, sorry should I should say. So it's Everton versus Liverpool in the early kickoff. So that should be a very fun game. Um, certainly from the three o'clock kickoffs, we've got Chelsea versus West Ham um that's going to be very interesting because you've got contrasting kind of positions for both clubs at the moment we haven't mentioned about West Ham um and their form of recent times um Mm -hmm. that seems like it's got goals all over written all over that one I I I don't think that's going to be a nil-nil I'd be very surprised if that is a nil-nil but certainly that seems like a very interesting game the other one i think we've brought about fulham but also spurs obviously they've had a reasonable start to the campaign they take on each other as well so again that could be a very fun game but mm-hmm. obviously if we go into sunday the big game is man united versus arsenal which i'm sure we'll talk a bit more but uh from your point of view rory from those games that I've mentioned, which one stands out for you apart from obviously your beloved Arsenal?
0: Yeah. I'm not going to talk about Arsenal United. I just can't do it. Um, (laughs) I think Everton Liverpool, I think that is going to be a really interesting one because despite the fact that Liverpool are starting to wake up and are Um, kind of looking a bit more lively and Everton's record against Liverpool is fucking woeful. Um, I think this could actually, they could weirdly spring a bit of a surprise for Liverpool here. I think, um, Everton have kind of got some good business done today. I think they've just signed James Relatively. Garner. They've in got the last few days done some interesting ones like Malpay
2: as well. Like I yeah, think yeah, I feel like happen, right?
0: if if they can bring in like Adrisa Gay in midfield and James Garner, who had an incredible season for Forest, mm. I know Forest fans were super keen to keep hold of him. He's one of the few players they didn't actually sign. Um, I think that could be a huge signing for Everton. So I think maybe that that could be a bit of a. A bit of a tricky one for Liverpool. Chelsea-West Ham, you're right. There's going to be goals all over that. And and, and West Ham do have a pretty decent record against Chelsea in general. Um, But I'm going to say, yeah, Chelsea-West Ham. I think Chelsea-West Ham. It's a London derby. They hate each other. There's going to be plenty of fighting. It should be a good one. That Arsenal United, (laughs) I'm never confident going to Old Trafford. As long as I'm never confident going to Old Trafford. No. Never never. Um, Fair
2: enough. <laughs> yeah. Just one, elsewhere. one other game just to mention, Brentford versus Leeds also takes Oof. place on Saturday, which they seem to hate each other right now. Um, it mm-hmm. seems to have stemmed from their championship days. Um, Brentford tried their best to relegate Leeds last season on the last day of the season. Yeah. This seems like a certain game that Thomas Franks will want some revenge as well, for whatever reason that is. I have no, <laughs> no idea, but <laughs> yeah. he certainly doesn't like Leeds, so uh, that could Pontus be a fun game Yams? as well. Is
0: it a Pontus Janssen Jansen like is each at other, obviously at the there, moment
2: but yeah. yeah I don't know what the what the beef is around um but certainly from what I've gathered both fans don't like each other and most fans don't like Leeds in general anyway but um <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this if, seems like a listener
0: if, listening, if you are a Leeds or a Brentford fan, please tell us why you dislike each other and the story of that. It's like Crystal Palace, Brighton. There's a story there somewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. We just need to hear the story. Get in touch and let us know. <laughs> I would love to know, actually. Um, Elsewhere, the only other games we've got, Nottingham Forest against Bournemouth. <laughs> um, mm. Bournemouth probably going to lose six, that one, six right? Six-pointer, yeah. Yeah, it's it. a huge it's- game, actually. A huge game. Um, Wolves taking on Southampton. Newcastle versus Palace could be an interesting one. That is yeah. an interesting game. Um, Villa, as we mentioned, hosting Man City and Brighton hosting Leicester City. Mm. Um, yeah, some interesting games there, uh, some very interesting games this weekend. Yeah. We've also got Wolves Southampton. I think I, I might have skipped that one, it's probably worth skipping yeah, as well. Worth um, <laughs> in, in Serie A, it all kicks off, it's <laughs> all on big Saturday isn't style it? <laughs> on Saturday as Vlavic returns to Florence and Fiorentina. Oh. Juventus. We have said that Fiorentina have not scored in four games in all competitions now. It would be a beautiful time to start scoring, please. But as we said, Vlaovic in fantastic form, he's probably going to get a goal and he's probably going to celebrate. There is no love lost between those teams, those players, those fans. It will be a spicy one. And if that's not enough spice for your Saturday afternoon, (laughs) we've then got... Honestly, Saturday's a mad day in Serie A. We've then uh... got the Milan derby. As we said, it's Milan's home game. It's going to be another feisty one. We we talked about it. It's really close to call, but there's going to be goals. I'm super excited for this game. If you have any way of watching it, make sure you watch this game. And then, after that, your evening isn't done. We've then got Lazio taking on napoli in again two teams that absolutely despise each other the fans hate each other (laughs) two great teams that are going to go toe to toe i think lazio are kind of going under the radar a little bit for how well they're doing this season napoli Mm -hmm. we've said kind of slowed down a little bit i think lazio could get a big big win here it would be a statement win and then on the Sunday. There are still some good games. Don't worry. Not all the good games took place no. on Saturday, but most of them took place on Saturday. Um, <laughs> we have Cremonese hosting Sassuolo. It could be an interesting one. As I say, Cremonese yeah. now got a run of games where they could maybe pick up a few more points. Um, their performances have not been as bad as the scores have suggested. Um, Spezia versus Bologna in a mid-table off. Uh, it could be fun. I don't know. Um, mm. Hellas <laughs> taking on Sampdoria. Sampdoria, we had them down as doomed, but they've pulled off some pretty big results.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's um, something that you can cling on to. Let's put it that way. But <laughs> Sampdoria, I've got Harry Winks, so you never know. I, I, I think they are <laughs> just, just struggling up top. I think yeah. you can't rely a whole season on Capu- Caputo even. Um, yeah. Yeah, and a
0: forty-five-year-old Qualiarella. like it's yeah. Those Gubb are you your options. To save you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And it's weird the Harry Wink signing because usually, if it's an English player in Serie A, I'm all over it. I'm like, yes, here we go. I can't get behind not that for fast. obvious reasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <You're> not <laughs> interested. Um, then elsewhere on the Sunday, we have Udinese taking on Roma. Could That's be a tricky game. game. Would expect Roma to get something, but you never know. Monza hosting Atalanta. That could be. Anything, yeah. Uh, I like think Atalanta. Be I don't know how that one's going to go. Monza have not mm-hmm. looked good, as we said. Then we have Selenitana hosting Empley. <laughs> Is Piontek going to make his debut? I'm really excited to see him back in Serie A. Oh, il pistolera.
2: I'm sure he will uh, score lots of goals for Selenitana, but yeah, I think. Empoli are a side that's really struggling this mm-hmm. year. I think they'll struggle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's written in the stars for Piontek to score. That's for sure. Yeah. And then they we've got Torino versus Lecce, haven't
0: season. we? Yeah, exactly. We have. So. Yeah, yeah. No, that's it. That's it. Empoli had such a good season last season as well. It's a shame. Um, and then mm. finally, we have Torino hosting Lecce. That is on the Monday, as is Salernitana. Empoli. Oh, God, all of them are. Monza Atalanta, Salernitana, <laughs> Empoli, and Torino Lecce are all on the Monday. And that is your weekend. A fantastic footballing weekend coming up. I'm sure you can all agree. Um, I'm pretty ruddy excited. And I think we're finished. I think we're out of time. Adam, anything to add before we leave with the end of episode quote that I definitely remembered this week?
2: Just before, um, there's one game that I'm sure a certain listener will be looking forward to and that is Celtic versus Rangers. That also takes place on Saturday. So if... The other fixtures don't really entice you. That's certainly a spicy game to watch as well. But um, no, it's been a fun episode as ever, Rory. So
0: I'll let you sign off with a quote. Beautiful. So before we go, guys, as always, I forgot to do it at the top of the show because I'm useless. Please follow us on Instagram at Anglo Italian pod on Twitter at Italian Anglo pod. We're on YouTube. You can subscribe. Like we're on LinkedIn live as of Monday. Yeah. Please do not forget Monday. <laughs> we will confirm the time. Um, we are back live with our Monday night. Euro review show. I'm pretty excited, but for now guys, I'm going to leave you with a quote from, before the heady days of Manchester United, Manchester City, sorry, signing Haaland and everything going perfectly, we have a quote from the legendary Rabinho. I thought I was joining Manchester United. I was misled by all involved. I wasn't aware there was another Manchester club. Have a good weekend, guys, and we will see you on Monday.